0: Hi, and welcome to our podcast, The Sun, the Moon, and the Truth. I'm Natalie Backman, and I'm co-hosting today with my partner, Karina. And we have two amazing guests to join us for our conversation today about community and specifically about spiritual community and community within the yoga culture. Uh, We've got a lot of interesting perspectives to explore. And I just want to remind anyone who's watching or listening that our approach to these conversations is intentionally a little bit messy and not really all that invested in being able to tie things up with a nice, neat ribbon. So there might be more questions at the end of this conversation than there are answers, and we like it that way. (laughs) So I'm going to take a moment just to talk a little bit about sort of the framework of this conversation of spiritual community. And then Karina will introduce you to our guests and we'll get started. So one of my favorite words is Sangha and it's a Sanskrit term and it essentially translates to, I'm gonna read this definition because I think it's really charming um, and beautiful. A Sangha is a community of friends practicing Dharma together. The essence of a Sangha is awareness, understanding, acceptance, harmony, and love. When you do not see these in a community, it is not a true Sangha. And you should have the courage to say so. But when you find these elements are present in a community, you know that you have the happiness and fortune of being in a real Sangha. So. At least in my world, that's the ideal. And so I'm really curious to see, you know, what else comes up with these conversations. Um, And from there, I think I'm going to turn it over to you, Karina.
1: Awesome. That was such a beautiful definition. It gave me all the feelings. (laughs) And so for this conversation, uh, I'm really excited to introduce uh, two just genuinely beautiful humans. Uh, Chrissy Chung, who is a yoga teacher from the UK, and Seba Kana from Egypt. Um, Both uh, Seba and Chrissy are established yoga teachers. I love them both because I think what they have in common is two very sharp minds, but also uh, two very tender hearts, which I think is just the perfect combination. Um, And I think one of the reasons that we felt really drawn to having uh, you both uh, on board for this chat is because, um, I don't know, I kind of think of you both as these uh, thinkers of deep thoughts and ponderers of, of the world. And so I'm really excited to be in conversation with you both. Um, for those of you who are listening, if you are curious about um, Seba and Chrissy and you want to look them up after this, I'll pop their details uh, below the video so you can. So I thought we could start with, um, I guess start with the personal before we move to the, the collective. And the first question actually I realize is uh, kind of a personal one actually, but you know we can just go there straight from the beginning. Um, and so the first question is, and maybe I'll throw this to you, um, Chrissy, is before we even talk about you know community structure or the ideals around community or anything like that, what is your relationship with or what comes to mind? Uh, when I ask you about uh, your experience of belonging?
2: I love that question. Um, In a broad sense, belonging for me is when I feel at home in myself in whatever aspect that, you know, is afforded, whether it's who, how I feel comfortable in myself, but also how I'm embraced either by the world around me, the people around me. And, um, you know it's it's being in a situation where you're afforded that opportunity to remember your whole, you're perfect as you are, there's nothing you need to search for or do, um, which inevitably at least in, in my experience enables me to offer more of myself to this life to to the experiences around me and so that that for it really is is me in a nutshell when i when I feel at home in myself and so I can bring the best of myself out
1: What about you, Sarah?
3: When I think of community I think of like the dynamics between people, and I feel like when they're when people come together it the the boundaries become blurred, and then personal claims also kind of wither away into nothingness and and I think that's really powerful because it's so easy to to claim things like power and 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 status and all these kinds of things and and community for me is the opposite of that you know it's like kind of like because we grow together anyway you know I mean my success is yours as well and and so it's it's really unique to to experience that honestly I feel you know that feeling of like it's not it's not my success it's not my you know whatever it is that that is developing within me and I think um, I think like you said Nathalie it's fortunate you know it really is it feels like luck, you know, when you find a
2: situation like that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. So then, um,
1: you know, our uh, opinions of anything are uh, shaped by the experiences that we've had as we've, you know, traveled along the road. So I wonder if, and I'll, and I'll throw this open to all three of you. You know, if you have any uh, pivotal memories or formative experiences around community that um, have or currently shape your opinion of or relationship with the idea of community. Um, Nat, what about you first?
0: yeah it's it's such an interesting multi dimensional relationship that I have with community um I have been fortunate to be a part of a lot of communities um over my my life um but not all of them or maybe even any of them prior to yoga at least felt unconditional. none of them felt like. I could be fully me and and only me and still be like fully accepted. So it always felt like I had to compromise in some way, either make myself fit into a specific mold or adopt a specific belief system. And as soon as I was no longer willing to do that, then I was no longer a welcome part of that community. And so it's been... It's one of those things that's like one one of my heart's deepest desires is to be in a genuine Sangha, like to really have that heart deep connection where I get to be, as Chrissy was saying, all of who I am. And I get to be fully at home with myself and then provide that opportunity equally to everyone else that's in that community. For me, I've got so many like samskaras around that moment of realizing i didn't belong and then having to take like a really firm stand and extricate myself from the community and just how painful <laughs> that is um but at the same time how it like builds up courage and builds up the determination to like stay the course until i do find or am able to cultivate something that I really want to belong to. Um, so one example I can give is uh, I grew up Christian and um, I, once m- my parents split up when I was 14 and when that happened that I became like extra desperate for community and extra desperate for Uh, some sense of belonging that could provide me with a sense of direction as well. And so like the stricter, the better was kind of my, my thing at that point, but like, I could have gone either super rebellious or like super, you know, straight and narrow. And I went the straight and narrow and um, it worked fairly well for a while, but there was always a little bit of a friction of trying to subscribe to a specific belief system but it always feeling like round peg square hole kind of a thing um, and then it was uh, right after 911 happened um, in the us when the church that I was going to at the time got very preachy about God bless America and anti-islam and I remember at that moment just all of that fire and clenching in my belly just becoming like more than I could handle and so i stood up in the middle of a service and just like looked at the pastor with you know like laser beam eyes and i i just like did one of those you know huffy 22 2021 something like that however old i was at the time and just like i had enough of this and like stormed out in the middle of a church service and that it felt powerful in the moment but also was like so heartbreaking to know that you know i've invested all of these years and all of all of this energy and trying to fit and trying to belong and then tearing myself out of that and just feeling that that emptiness that kind of comes with being the outsider um and that's it's happened a few times um and so I you know I found myself almost thirty, and just the one of the biggest longings for me ten years after that extrication was to to find like minds and to find people that I could be fully myself with and and form that kind of special community. So, long story, but there you go.
1: <laughs> so, but what about you?
3: You know, I, I was thinking about like community in my life and 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 something came to mind that is actually not maybe not formally classified as community, but I was thinking about like retreats. I feel like on retreats people just like it's this like it's the fastest thing. It's like within a few days people are like there's this kind of like meshing like everyone just blends into one thing. And I was wondering, like, why why does that happen on retreats? I mean, like, obviously people are a little bit more relaxed and things like that, and and like the whatever practices they're they're practicing, you know, help. But um, I thought of it, and I feel like as as a teacher, what I experience when people are on retreat is a lot more present. You know, the the readiness is is there, and and so. I feel like they step up, and so I step up, and then it just becomes growth, you know. Because they, I wouldn't say I challenge them more, but like there's a you're you're able to to really call upon that potential within them to to receive, you know. And so so they receive much more, and you give much more, and that really just creates a, this like beautiful harmony of of you growing in your own space and and them as well and then it just becomes a a shared experience and I think that shared experience is a huge catalyst for community and I feel like maybe that's a no-brainer but but really it is you know because there are certain things that you experience in your life where you you just can't talk about you know and you or you you have no words and you wonder if there are words and you know and and I think that's um that's really special. But then I started thinking, so how do we recreate this? <laughs> how do we recreate this kind of stuff in in long-term situations? And I don't know. Um, I wonder if you have ideas. But, yeah, I think that would be beautiful. It's so kind interesting. of like dropping in.
1: It's so interesting that you say that because um, I feel the same way about teacher trainings that there's Mm. something about that container and the presence, like you say, Seba, that everybody brings to that experience and also the, the intention to transform through that experience, the willingness to do that and the willingness to hold others and be held also in this collective experience of transformation And there's something about that as well, that just kind of drops people into a kind of connection that I've also not seen in other places. And I've also wondered about how you can create that long-term in a different setting, because I've heard so many people talk about that on teacher training, like I've had this experience and I understand what's possible now, and now I'm going back to my real life and I don't know how to recreate that there. I think it's such a fascinating question. Mm -hmm. Um, Which might actually be a good segue into um, a question that I've got for you, Chrissy, which is, um, you know, I think when we come to a conversation like this to talk about community, in my mind anyway, I immediately go to my ideals around community and how do we make a reality uh, or a lived experience fit an ideal of an experience. And so um, I wonder, Chrissy, A, do you have any uh, ideals around community that would consciously come to mind? But also, what the what's the flip side of that? If you have ideals around community, do you have fears or judgments around community as well? like what are both ends of the spectrum look like for you
2: that's yeah, uh it's an interesting one i do I do have ideals um, I hold them in firm regard, but also loosely to make room for life. like you said so you don't lean into that um you know sticky aspect of judgment which we can do so easily um. And I think that you know that's one of the key pieces of of community is that you can embrace differences, um, to step away from that sense of right or wrongness. Um, you know, Seba mentioned something earlier about whatever we're doing within that it's shared, and um, and I think you know f- for me community speaks um, to compassion and kindness and patience, and there are all these qualities that allow you to feel held and allow you to also remain open and curious, you know, to to lean into the side of this possibility that maybe we don't always have the answers and someone different can teach us something new. Um, and if we can all show up in that way, then we do continue to feel held. You know, where I've seen communities fall apart is where we get that sense of separateness, where suddenly we do have to feel like I don't belong anymore because my ideals can't really match to that. And the spaces where I've seen communities work is where there's just always this embrace, always this acceptance. Some of my favorite teachers can answer any question from any person. And even if they're guiding them towards a specific teaching, that person is embraced. They're never wrong. And I think that's so important. And so those are the things I think that, that are that are my biggest ideals. How can I embrace? And and also vulnerability, and I, you know, thinking about this, how can we, how can we bring those qualities of a retreat or um, trainings back out into the world? I think sometimes where we hit the walls is that we're we're so guarded in this normal life, where certain conversations are too sticky or taboo, and for some reason in the retreat or the training, it's like we allow the messiness of life to be seen. And I think if we could bring more of that into normal life, then maybe we could have those conversations where people would just be so much more willing to open. Um, you know, my experiences of, of teaching, the moments that I'm willing to open and be vulnerable and raw, people in front of me will open too. And you start to realise that, especially in those experiences where you perhaps have the most fear of being seen or judged, that that again they're shared. And and the more we can realize how much of our human condition is shared, the more we perhaps soften into a community that could just be held.
1: Um, Seva, I wanted to ask you the same question before I hand over to um, Nat. Ideals and also maybe fears or judgments around community. I have this sense of you um, as being somebody who... Uh, thinks about this issue at the moment. And that could just totally be my projection of you. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case or not, but um, it, this is actually a question that I've wanted to ask you for ages.
3: It's <laughs> Quite accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I think one of the things that communi- community gives and, and I think is is in my in my ideal definition of community is that it needs to trigger you somehow mm-hmm. and and i know i know i know that's maybe not like the doesn't sound nice you know it doesn't sound like it's appealing or anything but it really it it really does you know and i think so i'm I'm part of a a Sushi group and that's one of the the kind of like precepts that like we're we are in community and and you are in community because you always learn through, I mean, through your projections on other people and how people mirror yourself back to you through, through them just being themselves. And, and I think, I think that's so important because you learn so much and it's constantly like, like constantly knocking at your door, saying you, you know what you, this is an opportunity for growth here. You know, you just like this annoying person and this person who's late and loud and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And and i think that's really really a huge gift and i've seen it in my own life you know some of the people who were the most annoying you know <laughs> are now are now friends and dear friends you know even so i think i mean i agree for sure that community is 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 like home based you know it it really can be Um, uh, but it also needs to kind of there has to be friction and i think that's one of its um, its services to us and In terms of something, I think, I mean, like, I feel community goes wrong a little when there's dogma, you know, when it's like a right way and a wrong way and all of that stuff. And I feel like I don't really need to elaborate very much, but you know what I mean, you know, when it's when it's just uh, like you were saying, Chrissy, you know, it's just this kind of like you're outside somehow, you know, and um, and that's awful. I think it's it's awful because it's, it just feels it feels like there's no space to breathe and there's no room to grow in your own way and to so just um, because like when you are held, I think you become more eccentric. You know, <laughs> you become more unique. Yeah. And and so when there's no room for that, then like, what are we even doing here? We're just reaffirming things that are already established. You know, so it's, it's kind of redundant in my eyes. You know? So
0: Yeah, that feels like a really good segue into the next question, which is like, what's the difference between genuine community and this sort of contemporary idea of tribalism? So not tribalism as in like genuine tribes of indigenous peoples, but this sort of like my vibe attracts my tribe kind of a thing where we're all, you know, part of a group because we do subscribe to a certain way of life or a certain belief system or whatnot. And like what's what is the difference there? And Seba, I feel like you were just already starting to like tap into that of like dogma, the role that dogma plays in how some communities are created and, you know, whether that's productive or not, and the room for growth and the room the room for eccentricities and whatnot. Um, so I'd love to just sort of pose that as what are some of those differences that we see between genuine community and, you know, being part of the the tribe. Um, so Chrissy, I'll go ahead and start with you. Um, and then Seba will come back and see if there's anything else you want to add to that.
2: So um, from my own experience as well, like I've been part of something that really felt like community and it's not to say that that isn't there but I think the sense of like unconditional community and tribe at least for me the difference lies in um, again this idea of dogma or you can only belong if xyz and then you're part of the tribe Mm -hmm. and you know the, the minute that happens it it will inspire people, especially you know, if, if you are feeling lost and that desire for belonging is strong, it can feel like you're so held and it gives structure. But I think um, the potential for downfall is that, in that, is that in that given moment where suddenly something doesn't sit right with you and so it doesn't give room for the eccentricities or the differences or the fact that you can be triggered and know that in the trigger, you'll still be held by the community then when it's taken away is that feeling of who am i and you know i've seen the the people who do feel like they belong feel like they belong harder and there is this separation where right you're wrong and and the ones who feel um almost let down to a degree are lost and you know especially let's say in the yoga world where you feel like you belong to a lineage suddenly that's taken away from you the the detriment that it can bring to your own personal practice that has afforded you so much expansion and growth is suddenly something they don't want to be a part of. You know, I think it can, just as much as it can build, it can then create damage. Um, Whereas, you know, if, if there's real sense of community, it will stand the test of time. It will be unconditional in its acceptance, in its love, um, and it will be able to hold you in, in the messiness of life in those moments you feel challenged or discomfort, and, and you will continue to feel like you belong. And I think that's that, for me, is the real difference between real community, where anyone can be a part of that, and, and tribe, where it can last for a certain amount of time until the X, Y, Z maybe doesn't fit anymore.
0: Yeah. I'm curious, like who, de- who determines the X, Y, Z? Who makes the rules in these more dogmatic communities and you know it is it reliant upon a a charismatic individual that a community is then built up around or is it like a you know a group of people who determine like this is what is required for belonging and does that feel like community or does it feel like tribalism or I, i don't i don't have an answer it's just something Maybe curious to add to the conversation. Yeah, Seba, do you have any? Yeah,
3: yeah. I was just gonna say, I think um, to be clear, I think systems are actually very useful. I mean, when I said dogma, I just wanted to clarify that I didn't mean that systems aren't you know or are, are are a problem because they are amazing. Really, I mean, like it's so it's sometimes very comforting to be. Um, to just be, to learn or to be, to dive deep into something where people have gone to great lengths to really, you know, kind of just figure every little thing out, you know, that makes sense in, in their perspective or in their worldview. But um, I'm just wondering if it's necessary for, for community to flourish. I mean, like, is, or may, and maybe this is actually just a question, is it, is it necessary for a healthy community to be based on a system? Such as a religion or a lineage in yoga or something like that, or can it be go deep and and be nourishing and 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 healing and and space for growth if it's something like a sport or something like that or you know what I mean like a a book club or something you know not that those are not that I'm belittling those things those things are lovely yeah it.
0: it. Brings to mind to me like a, a working understanding of stiram sukhamasana asana, which is this idea like, my the way that I sort of translated in my head is from structure comes freedom. Mm.
2: Like
0: when we have systems in place, or when there is a certain amount of structure, then that's that it provides that container that Karina was referencing, like the container of a training or the, tr- the container of a retreat or something where there is something that is holding you and holding you as an individual, but then also holding you potentially together as a collective. And then within that structure, you have room to kind of see what fits and push against it a little bit or rest in it. So that's, that's an interesting a- aspect of it as well as like, there, there is a lot of beauty and a lot of uh, comfort that can come from that, from those systems or from a structure, um, from a lineage, for example, in in terms of like yoga, of knowing that people have gone before where you're attempting to go and are leaving behind, you know, step by step instructions of how to get there. And, and then is it possible that you can follow those instructions, but along the way, like, dance them rather than march them you know exactly the way the person before you did Um, and you know is there room for that give and take of like just enough structure balanced with just enough ease within the context of community Karina do you have anything you want to add to that aspect of the conversation
1: I feel like I have more questions (laughs) Um so i'll jumble I'll just jumble through a bunch of half thoughts in my head, and if it gets too convoluted i'll uh <laughs> hand it back to you. I feel like it's um interesting because so often, and I think this speaks to what you were saying, sebas so often when it comes to our quest for a sense of belonging. What we're searching for is to have our own values reflected back to us by the community that we seek to be a part of if we're thinking about belonging in relation to other people rather than in relation to ourselves, And there's something that can be very nourishing about the experience of having, you know, th- those values reflected back. I often think about, though, what's how do you strike a balance between, and I think I've spoken about this before, like um, shared understanding rather than consensus? Because I think what happens in a community often is you come together around a set of values or beliefs or whatever it is, and then you almost uh, sort of tighten or create structure around them. And then as tends to be the way with humans, it, it goes from a like, oh my gosh, me too, to a like, oh goodness, how could they think that? And so then the focus ends up becoming like an us and them thing, rather than like a yes and thing. And you know, I think about that, if we sort of uh, expand the conversation beyond yoga, there's a lot of sort of community that we see reflected to us in politics and all of that kind of thing that's more about like a shared disagreement with something else than it is around sort of an affirmation of a particular way of life or something like that. So I guess um, it's just sort of a roundabout way of saying like structure is important and some sense of sameness is important within that structure but also chaos is important and some sense of difference and friction and challenge is important as well because if all you're seeking is sameness, then all you get in the end, I think is stagnation. And um, and I think what you do need is the friction of growth so that a community or a belief system or a way of life or something like that can constantly evolve. Like if a, a community becomes a closed structure, that's about sort of the defense of something, then I don't think that's um, helpful. If it can remain an open structure that everybody can expand into, then I think that that's the ideal
0: for me. Yeah, it's interesting that what you touched on there of like one of the most uniting forces in our current world is like uniting around a common enemy. And like that immediate like us and them situation, you know, then you belong with this group because you're all, you know, collectively against that other group. And how yeah, that's that's fascinating and scary to me. <laughs> Potentially quite dangerous. Um yeah, it's you know, interesting.
1: What's interesting actually that just sprung to mind was I heard a teacher talk recently about how you know uh it it's so easy to defend values or you know whatever it is, and we think that that's what the challenge is or what the battle is. but to bring it back to the yoga um conversation, what she was saying is that you know the what the the battle is or the challenges in the end is to rise above all of that to see that we're not actually in the, the the business of defending one value system or another but recognizing that all value systems are prakriti or shakti or whatever and that what we're we're aiming for is to to affirm the awareness beyond all of the difference
0: yeah i just had a, a memory of something that a little bit embarrassing. Um, well, particularly as I, like, once I joined the, once I joined the Himalayan tradition, Once you know, when I started practicing power yoga, I know I started getting a little bit high and mighty, like, of like, well, the way that we practice yoga in this tradition, you know, and bringing that back into my community, which is a little bit more oriented toward, like, power yoga, you know, vinyasa with loud music and, And that was my world for a very long time. And I loved it. But now, you know, all of a sudden I was coming back from these trainings and just like, you know, really on my high horse. And well, we practice yoga this way and they practice yoga that way. And I, I don't think I had it. I wasn't quite that dramatic about it, but I was still planting those little seeds of division. And, um, in the in the fall we were practicing outside with some of my my students and there was a group of people practicing yoga just like on the other side of the park and they were practicing like a very physical workout kind of yoga with music and it was you know very peppy and whatnot and and then here we were you know doing our tantra and and um and one of my students made a comment about like how our our yoga was better than their yoga And I just got this like stab in my stomach. And I was like, I created that. (laughs) I know that I have to take responsibility for that. And, And so I tried in the moment to like have, you know, a compassionate conversation around it's like, one is not inherently better than the other. They're just different approaches. And you know, there's a different end result and you're here because this happens to work well for you. They're there because that happens to work well for them. It's not a which one of us is better kind of a thing. But in the meantime, I had to really like reckon with myself of I fed that, like I planted that seed and I fed that sense of division and that sense of what we're doing is better than what they're doing. And it was a big one of those like (laughs) moments but I think I think it's big time out there in yoga just like it is anywhere else because human beings are involved and there is that sense of us and them and you know trying to establish a hierarchy of sorts and I just had to had to confess (laughs) do with it what you will
3: I had a thought, I mean, like, when you said that, I was thinking, like, I feel like you're actually, this is, this is an introvert speaking here, I I feel like you're actually alone, like, you, even within your community, and I think it's important to remember that. I mean, it does maybe sound a little, uh, yeah, I mean, not unpleasant or something, but the but you you essentially are alone in the, in my worldview in your life, and it's important to remember that when you're in community too that it's still about your personal journey because I mean that's what you have you know and that's what you've been given and and when you, when you remember that you can re- be in remembrance like of choosing you know you're choosing constantly to be in this you know and and because it is in resonance with with what what you need and what makes sense to you and and what's right and you know and your values and and i think like that union with your with your own self contributes to the community you know and then and then to whatever the community is striving for but uh yeah i feel like that that's important to me you know to just remember that it's still it's still about my journey somehow, you know, even though you can get swept away in the togetherness, you know, and it's it's really nice and everything, but but yeah, it's, it's that's the centering thought for me.
2: You, I think you touch on something really important there, because um, when you show up for community and in, in that respect, it's not from a sense of lack but from a sense of feeling so whole that I want to offer myself to these people who are also offering themselves. And then there's not the grasping or the clinging to need to belong, but just showing up for people around you that you appreciate and you can see the inherent goodness in and that you, you know, you feel grateful to interact with in life. And so whilst, yeah, it might sound depressing, like it's good to be alone, but actually, it's not and I think we have to start embracing that more and realizing that it's such a powerful thing to sit by yourself and feel okay because we're so busy in life and we're so distracted and in a rush of things that actually that is, is a really powerful tool that I think then will also give you a, a clearer and more inspired kind of decision about what community feels like and what you move towards. Um, so that, I mean, that really resonated with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I heard Yoga Rupa um, say something along the lines of like, Sangha is great, but you have to remember that like, the the final stages of practice, you could, you have to do it alone. And so if you're super dependent on your community, you know, holding you up through the entire process, then you're not going to make it. To the final stages of, of the experience and the practice, because you have to do that part alone. So if there's a way to be in community, which like genuinely nurtures each individual and and fully encourages each individual to be fully themselves, and everyone is is alone and yet still compelled to be a part of something greater than the whole. So, there's this simultaneous it's a little bit like the two aspects of the soul where there's the Jivatman, which is the individuated aspect of the soul, and then padamatman, which is all of us together, and how these you know twin flames kind of dance together that through our entire lives, and then at the very end, as a solo journey, you finally you know merge with the whole there's got to be some some way of living that. In community, where we're we're nurturing ourselves and one another as independent entities, but then also you know creating opportunity to come together and to dance and reflect and um support each other. You no know, no, how does that land with you, Seba?
3: um I was thinking of uh I think it was Mother Teresa who said, "You want to change the world, go home and love your family." As in, like, you can sit in meditation and do all this stuff, but then you need to just be with people and be triggered and, and just remember, you know, all the things that you learned in your meditation space or your cave or whatever, you know, like, you need to just, you need to put that into practice. It's just the way of the world, I feel, you know. It's kind of like almost choiceless, you know. And again, this is uh from an introvert. <laughs> Meaning, just what I mean by that is as in I recharge alone. I mean I love community and I love I love being around people but I do need my alone time and my silence you know and so yeah
0: <laughs>
3: and so and so I feel like yeah that's um it's just it's just the way it is you know you just have to like you you will always have a, a preference and and you just need to explore the other side of the spectrum at some point in your life in order to grow you know <laughs>
0: Yeah, how interesting that it's a group of four introverts that are coming together to discuss (laughs) community. You know, that's, I mean, that's really fascinating in and of itself.
1: I'll sort of pose pose this question in two parts. Uh, The the main question is, you know, if you think about uh, experiences of community that you've had, have you seen community done well? And what makes you feel in that instance that it was, and where it kind of links to what we've been talking about is you know when I thought about that, I found it really hard to come up with any any examples of community done well, and I say that also as another sort of card carrying introvert who. Um, frankly, wasn't that interested in community for a really long time. It was sort of like this weird thing that I looked at that I didn't quite understand and (laughs) um, (laughs) um, watched with a a sense of uh, slight suspicion and uh, curiosity. But, you know, so it could be that, um, you know, I haven't seen a lot of experiences of community done well because I haven't really been seeking them. But then I also wondered whether... Uh, you know, I come from uh, sort of like Western individualistic societies that really privilege the, you know, the the pursuit of individuality and individual success above responsibility to the collective. And I wondered maybe if that was why I hadn't seen community done well, because it's not something that we would uh, collectively... Uh, seek to foster or or cultivate um, if we're really ensconced in that that mentality. So um, a long-winded way of saying, have you seen examples of community that you uh, thought were really awesome? Why was that? And if not, why do you think that is the case? Chrissy. (laughs) (laughs) So
2: the minute you said it, I was trying to think, I was like, have I? And um, it's not that I haven't seen great community but if we're if we're thinking of done well in a sense of it ticking all those boxes um it's been hard there have been experiences where i thought it might be that and then just human condition happens and that separateness starts to occur um and then on the other side of that so i mean i i grown up spent most of my life in england but i i was born in hong kong and i have a chinese family and so they are very much big on community everyone is auntie and uncle um but i still didn't see it done in a way that perhaps was perfect like it's there are i think there are beautiful nuances and, and qualities to kind of both sides of things so family are there and they mean everything but they're also very 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 interwoven into life in a way that sometimes um guilt tripping um is done. And and so strong sense of community and that everyone's involved, but sometimes involved in a way where they're trying to control you. Um, and so I mean in my experience I think the best uh feeling of community I've seen is probably through through Yoga Rupa and Parayoga. Um his his capacity to just embrace everything and everyone has been has been really amazing and and I know I, I remember hearing him speak on this idea of creating a sanctuary for everyone to be held, and so he does step away from even step away like he can speak to politics, but in a way that's so um balanced and calm and kind of seeking to provide the best wisdom for people to feel held um, or to become the best of themselves. And so that for me so far has been um, such a wonderful sense of community. And then recently, there's been things like this, um, and just collectives of women coming together again have been really beautiful. Just to kind of hold each other and to seek out, um, you know, those unique capacities and to bring out the best of themselves and to allow them to just be exactly who they are and and to not have to shy away from any parts of themselves. Um, that, that's it so far.
1: I think that's actually really interesting, uh, you know, this reference to, you know, communities of women coming together. Um, because I think in my recent experience of that as well, the thing that I felt really nourished by in those experiences have been people coming together, uh, in the space of,
2: Questioning—it's
1: mm. sort of not like consensus building over shared values, but like I'm having this experience and I have questions about that, and I'm trying to grow into whatever space is slightly beyond me at the moment, and and you know bringing collectives together to have those discussions. It's like the the not sureness about who I'm growing into that seems to be the the, the shared space that works. Well, in a way, yeah. Um, Seba,
3: um, I have two instances or two situations that come to mind, and they're very different, actually. So, one of them is um, where my Advaita Vedanta teacher lives, and and they have um, they have land in Portugal, and they're they're just living on the land, and they're. Just um just uh, just living in such beautiful harmony and and everyone who comes there is so welcome and and what I think is like the secret ingredient is the the lack of individualization you know so it's it's not it's not about the individual at all actually, which is kind of like the opposite of what we were. Thing, what we were kind of touching upon how in community you're able to flourish and, and be your unique self it's not about that at all it's kind of like no matter who you are you have the same essence within you you know and that's what I'm seeking when I look into your eyes that's what I'm looking for and that's what I'm tr- trying to connect with and and that is it's transformative really I've never experienced people relating to each other just constantly like that you know just like everyone is welcome in the same way because you are exactly the same as I am you know and and i think that it's it's so unique it's it's, it's stunning to you know? <laughs> just like to just be immersed in that place you just feel like how could you how could you ever relate to someone else in any other way actually you know it just makes so much sense and and it's so natural and it's so easy actually it kind of just like dissolves all the problems and all the insecurities and anything that would come up you know and um, so that's that's a really really successful community i've i've been lucky enough to be a part of and um, the other one is uh is here in cairo with the with the sufis they're um it's like the opposite so i mean we know everyone personally you know so there's like a, a personal identity you know who who did what and who's husband got sick and who you know things like that and and it's 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 really messy and it's very emotional and it's but it's also it's i mean i don't know how how deep it goes maybe like it's quite deep in terms of like they they meet often and their shared experiences and there's a lot of love and exchange but it's not it's not like profound change you know where you're really evolving and you're really feeling that sense but there is you know in terms of like with the teacher you know but like within the community i don't feel like people are challenging each other in that way all the time but uh but it's really funny because one is very human and it's it's very enjoyable and the other one is not not human but i mean it kind of transcends that some of the aspects you know that we experience you know in our humanity and it's also extremely successful so I think those are those are the two two ones that come to mind yeah.
1: It makes me think of you know this it, again this contrast between you know this otherworldly or you know deeply spiritual experience and a very thisworldly experience. You know I think about that in relation to my um, family sometimes you know it's so easy to for example, you know, see the the community that can come together very quickly over a moment of transformation in a training or something like that. And, you know, people are there to plumb the depths of their capacity for awareness or, you know, whatever it is. And that's like one type of experience. And then it's really easy to look at more like uh, mundane, human, everyday interactions and feel that there's something missing there. But then the older I get the more I also see the depth and value in just having shared life over a long period of time. You know, when you can look back at your family or with the friends that you've had for a long time and realize that although some of those uh, exchanges have been superficial and sometimes you've been close and other times you haven't and whatever, just the, the sheer volume of shared history has a... a a different but real weight to it as well. So I actually think, Nat, that that might be uh, another good segue uh, into uh, some questions that I know that you had around sort of like yoga and community specifically.
0: Yeah, we've been touching on that throughout the conversation. So this is an opportunity to maybe just dive in a little bit more deeply um, what and maybe what we're seeing, but then also what we would like to see, like what we we have a craving for, um, what we want to stand for in terms of community in yoga. Um, And I can kind of piggyback off of the last question a little bit to just sort of share my own thoughts a little. And then I really wanna hear what the two of you have to say as well. Um a, a community that I have seen work really well um, is the, the community that originates with the Himalayan Institute, um, coming from Swami Rama and then Panditji, and then that obviously informs Yogarupa, and then that really informs my teacher um, as well. Um and there's a specific set of tenets that that the Himalayan tradition sort of adheres to. and I first read them when I was reading um, Living with the Himalayan masters, which is um, Swami Rama's autobiography. and it's at the back of the book, so it's almost like an appendix. and it's just this list of you know, like twenty some things that that talk about like what values the Himalayan tradition really adheres to and who who they are and who they're not. and um Ultimately, what it boils down to is there's one line that the rest of them seem to kind of flesh out, and it is, love all, hate none, embrace all, exclude none. And that to me, like when I read that, I was like, sign me up. (laughs) This is something that I want to be a part of because it came coupled with a lot of structure a lot of structure like the safety of a tradition the safety of a lineage with really really deep roots that was consciously embracing practitioners from all different styles of yoga all different kinds of practices just like the myriad Um, and it's not from a particular region it's not a particular culture it's not limited to a particular religion it's it just is so much bigger than all of that Um, and coming together for this pursuit of, you know, the, the end goal of, you know, coming home to yourself and experiencing ultimate fulfillment and lasting freedom um, as an individual, but then, you know, coming together in community to help accomplish that. Um, So that's, you know, one thing that I wanted to point out. And then another that I thought was really interesting kind of, from your conversations is something that um, I I took away from the uh, kundalini training that some of us did with Yogarupa earlier in the year, and the way that he talks about kundalini as this. I mean, there are two quotes that he said that I like immediately like feverishly wrote down, which was I have and I have them here. Um, Her acceptance is oceanic universal is her embrace. Just that combination of those two things together. And then how we also was talking about how Kundalini essentially is the thing in all of us that is the same. So kind of touching on what you were saying, Seba, with your teacher in Portugal, that when you look into the eyes of another person, that you're looking to see the part of you that is the the exact same as you know the part that lives in them. And it is exactly the same. And at the same time, the reason why creation is as diverse as it is, is because kundalini has this desire to experience herself in the full spectrum of what's possible. So we're simultaneously incredibly unique and diverse because of kundalini. And we're exactly the same because of Kundalini, and I just I just think that that's amazing, <laughs> and it really resonates with me as a truth. um And and I think so for me, I guess a, a community which can simultaneously support and encourage and foster those two things uh, would be a community that I. I would want to be a part of it and I would want to invest my time and, and energy into. Um, so I'll I'll open it up from there to see what you have a craving for in terms of community, what you would like to see, if there's anything that's like a non-negotiable or I I don't know, to any any thoughts or ideas that you have around that. Um, and See, Chrissy, we keep coming to you first, so this time I'm going to go to Seba first. (laughs) Any thoughts or ideas that you have, Seba, around what you Um, want in community? I mean,
3: when you said non-negotiable, I thought like that. I was like, hmm, what's non-negotiable for me? And um, I think maybe not maybe I think uh, something that is steeped in a full acknowledgement that there will be pain and perfection (laughs) you know there will be both and and because and if if the if the kind of like the foundation of the community is acknowledges that within our existence at large then I feel that it's very uh, likely that it will also be accepted with, on an individual level, you know, that there will be imperfections and there will be all this kind of, you know, to accept all the, the distortions, you know, and the versions of you and 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 also still to to know that beauty does also exist and, and you can grow and become, you know, a, a, a radiant, luminous version of yourself as well, you know. It's not just about holding you in your pain, but also challenging you to do. To step up you know when when you do have that potential so i think that would be non-negotiable for me something that's really based on tolerance and acceptance of that but really just a, a wide lens on on what life is like and what what reality really is like you know when it comes down to it because it's not it's not just
2: it's not just nice <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> How about you, Chrissy? Yeah,
2: I agree. I agree actually a lot with what Sebra is saying and um you know I I think about the moments where I've felt most held in community and I think, you know, what it really speaks to for me is is just this desire to connect. You know, just for the beauty of connection. Uh, without having any expectation of what that might look like or feel like and you know it is it is this um the oceanic embrace that you you spoke of with kundalini it's about welcoming all of you in all of everyone in and you know that that includes the encouragement then to embrace the messiness of life, to know that we'll be held in pain and, and to be seen in all parts of ourselves. And that includes those, those bits that we probably wouldn't want to see of ourselves. Um, but because when we can do that for others, we can do it also for ourselves. The things are reflected. Um, and so, yeah, for me, communities are just It is coming together to hold each other in everything that this this human condition is, as well as encouraging us to seek beyond this and to know that there's something bigger. Because those are the elements that allow me to find joy in all aspects of life, even those parts that hurt, to know that they're guiding me somewhere bigger. Um, And so that's what I look for. And that's how I hope to show up too, you know, when when I'm... holding space for people to come together. It's just to wrap wrap my arms around them, um, metaphorically speaking, just as they are, and and to allow them to come and to be whatever they need to be in that moment and know that everything that they bring is welcome. Um, And it's not always easy because I think it's so, we can be so quick to step into judgment. And I've battled with that myself, actually from stepping away from a community, Um, And I had to sit with it and I had to, you know, work at how could I embrace that and to see that there's still work to do there for myself. Um, But I think when we can when we can really do that, then there's a sense of deep rooted community that can last.
0: How about you, Karina?
1: The thing that I was just thinking about, and I think it, you know, is uh, also a reflection of what you were saying about um, Kundalini, which I loved, is that um, you know, even in having a conversation about community, which you know, in some sense, there's contained within it this implicit sense of searching for an answer or searching for a, a resolution, or you know, something something like that actually uh you know what I would seek in a community is um almost like the imperfection of it you know that idea that um you know the the challenge in the challenge that you're facing is not an obstacle to the path it is the path Mm -hmm. and so you know in in seeing an issue arise in a community, it's not an obstacle to community, it is community. And and to, to have community where maybe that's the shared ideal, that it's a space inside which we all have a commitment to not turning away from moments of mess or friction or uh, imperfection or messing up. But there you know there's a collective understanding that that's that that is community in action, and that that is the thing that makes community wonderful um yeah, that's what came up for me
0: that that's very exciting
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, especially as for me as a like a recovering perfectionist, you know. <laughs> The idea that I would um, seek that out, I'm like, look at you growing. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that also speaks to the, you know, this idea that Kundalini is, you know, it's, it's, it's everything and all expressions of, of things. There's, a, there's an element of continuity or sameness there, but there's an element of just absolute uh, diversity there. And I, I, I love that the, the, the mess of trying to figure it out is actually the thing that lies at its heart
0: yeah 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 It's really similar to the qualities that I was looking for in a husband <laughs> <laughs> somebody who who will love and adore me unconditionally, like in my brattiest, most petulant moments, he will still love me and you know support me unconditionally, but who also has the courage and the tenacity to point out when I'm being a brat or when I'm being irresponsible or you know all of those things that I don't really want to be but that I'm very comfortable being until someone is able to stand up to me a little bit um and then and then to hold my hand as I endeavor to grow um and who is also capable of growing themselves capable and invested in growing and like that to me is like a a marriage relationship that I could you know, convinced myself was worthy of a lifetime commitment. And I think it's the same, it's the same stuff I'm looking for in friendship. And to me, community is like an extension of friendship as well, of like loving each other no matter what. But that doesn't always mean coddling. <laughs> Maybe it never means coddling, but holding each other accountable. But in a way, like I'm not gonna turn my back on you through this process. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, maybe highlight an area, an opportunity for growth, take take it or leave it. And then if you decide you want to grapple with it, I'm here for you. And I'm gonna stay right here for you and let you, you know, figure yourself out. And then we'll grow together through the process. I think that's like, I mean, I'm getting like teary just thinking about that. So I think that is like a, like a genuine longing of being seen, being heard, you know, in, in fullness and then seeing and hearing someone else in fullness and then like making that tenacious, like I'm here for this. (laughs) I'm not running away from, from any aspect of this, no matter what, that kind of a thing feels really good.
1: So I feel like that is a nice place to wrap things up. So I might just finish with one more question, which is basically the question I always finish things with. (laughs) I'm going to be utterly predictable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which is, um, is there anything that we haven't asked or made space for in this conversation that feels important to bring up before we close it out? Anybody, I won't direct
2: this. I think
3: um, I'm just reminded of something I read this morning about the difference between comfort and nurturance, how comfort can be a piece of chocolate and nurturance can be pumpkin ginger soup. And it's not that one is better than the other, but then, but you need to just be realistic about the difference, you know, and, and I feel like, uh, I, I guess maybe we have talked about this, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, you know, I think, I think that distinction is really, uh, is really conducive to growth, you know, just what is it that's really nourishing and nurturing as opposed to just making you feel good.
1: Um, not you?
0: I think everything that you are saying is is right on with you know what I'm what I'm looking for, what I'm hoping to create and cultivate for others as well. Um, there's a sutra I always forget which one it is, but I reference it like all the time, um, and it's in Pandit G's commentary on it where he he talks about how it's we're almost hardwired as human beings to err toward competition rather than collaboration and but that in you know competition can be healthy to trigger growth on occasion but that collaboration like conscious collaboration is where a lot of that like really good fodder for growth emerges um and that has has just sat with me and and prompted me to want to seek out opportunities for collaboration and that i mean like This podcast (laughs) is a prime example of that. Of you know, finding someone that that I know, I like already, and have a tremendous amount of respect for, but who I also think has the full capacity to challenge me to grow, and then bringing you know together our different strengths or whatnot, and creating this collaboration that then can potentially be a nucleus for community to spring up. Um, so that's one aspect of it. And then another that I just sort of touched on recently as like a really significant part of my own personal Dharma is this, uh, this notion that, uh, together we rise. And so that idea of like individuals doing the work on their own, but then coming together, supporting one another, uplifting one another, challenging one another. And then in that sort of circle of community, rising together. Yeah. And, um, I just, I personally want to express my gratitude to all three of you for your willingness to, to show up and talk about stuff and, um, share, share what matters to you and what you've seen and what you'd like to see. And, um, I, I genuinely hope that this is something we can continue to nurture and, um, will will grow and then together we can all grow
1: yes i second that my gratitude to you as well um may there long be both pumpkin and ginger soup and chocolate (laughs) (laughs) thanks you guys
0: thank you
2: thank you